This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week we're talking about Battlestar Galactica. The new batch. I don't know, the version <laughs> that came out in the early 2000s. The new batch. <laughs> ding, 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 uh, ding, Which, the years here, 2005 to 2009. Um, although we're going to limit our conversation to just the miniseries that aired in 2005. As uh, Scott, or I don't know, I know I have. I don't think Scott and Alex have seen the whole thing, or maybe just Scott. No, um, yeah, I've seen the whole thing. So, okay. uh, I had seen the odd episode here and there during its original run. Um, but yeah, I've not watched the entire entirety of the series. Okay, yeah. So we'll limit the discussion to that miniseries only, and let's see what Scott's feedback is. Maybe we'll do more of it in a future date, or maybe not. But we'll see. Um, starring. Edward James Olmos, Mary McDonald, Jamie Bamber, James Callis, Trisha Helfer, Grace Park, Katie Sagan. You mean that Michael wimpy Hogan. deer? <laughs> Aaron Douglas, Talmo, Pay- uh, other people. Um, Bodie Olmos, almost. I didn't, his son Bodie. is in here, apparently. Eh. And who, I want to give credit. Who like came up with the show? Who's the showrunners here? Eh, it doesn't matter. It was on the Sci-Fi Network. And I want to say this. So I'm. This is my topic. I um, did not start watching this when it aired, but I picked up like in season three. I want to say, um, and this is kind of right as TV was getting better. This is. This is <laughs> yeah. Honestly, yeah. TV before yeah. this, there was just nothing. There was. Now, no- it's getting better. Like now we're in the re- you know the renaissance of TV or the high mark. Like this is. There was Sopranos and The Wire and. This is the start of it. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. This is definitely one of the the ones that kind of set the bar, especially right. for the Sci Fi Channel. Jesus, exactly. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say this wasn't HBO either. This was the Sci Fi Channel, <laughs> and at times it shows, but other times I think it did really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, if you if you're not aware, this was a show back in the seventies, eighties. I don't know exactly, um, but when this came out, yeah. it's, before it was the show it was a miniseries. It was a Four part, five part, I don't know, and it's on Amazon Prime now. It's just one long episode, uh, but I believe it's four or five nights, uh, and kind of like kicks everything off before it goes into the seasons. Um, so, like I said, I started probably season two, season probably more like season three. It's one of those where everyone was recommending it. I'm like, this looks dumb, but I finally watched it, and <laughs> uh-huh. it took me a while. I remember watching the first too many series and just you have to get by the sci-fi acting and everything like, oh, this is a little rough but like Edward James almost keeps you in there a little bit same with uh, Mary McDowell like decent actors good actors you know movies Hollywood actors and then the rest of the <laughs> cast actors. Is, yeah because some of the other guys at first were like yeah but but I came to love it and I will say the show as it progressed probably didn't end the best but these first few seasons of the mini series I thought were awesome so, so Jeff real quick so mm-hmm. I, I was unclear on this. So you're saying that this actually came out first? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. 
Yeah, because it felt because it felt like there was stuff left out. Uh, no, I think so, there was because this miniseries is kind of meant like as a pilot, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so so then the regular series takes off, uh, basically takes place after. Yeah. The, okay. Okay. That's why. I'm, were you able to watch the first episode or no? I don't know if I've seen it or not. Okay. But that's the thing. So you have this miniseries that kind of sets up the whole thing. Okay, you have the Cylons, you have the humans, and then you get into the series and just everything after that. Um, so they do acknowledge the... See, I never watched the original series, so I don't know. When they talk about... Uh, talking, toasters. Yeah, the, the toasters and how they attacked originally. I don't know if that's just... If that's referencing the old show or if that's just backstory that's similar to the old show. That I don't know. But um, No, the, it's just backstory because they have some flashbacks and stuff. And it's a complete reboot, but they still use, like, the props from the 70s and stuff. So, like, that was, like, the first iteration of the um, Cylons was the big walking toasters and stuff. But okay. it hit, it's, yeah, the, aside from just some story elements and stuff, there's no relation to the original series. All right, fair enough. So, continue, Alex, what's your uh, history with this? I actually caught this on DVD when I was living over, when I was roommates with Scott. Oh, wow. Yeah. I that think, was a long time uh, ago. I think it might have been your brother, actually, that got the DVDs, right? Like the box sets? That's uh, very possible. I know somebody had them, and they're like, dude, you should check this out. So I'm like, all right. So I just popped in the DVDs, and I was hooked. Like right from the miniseries, pretty much, because that starts off everything. So I ended up just, yeah, in a few months, just binging all the, you know, three seasons that he had on DVD, and then I just... Fucking had to wait until the last one was out. Yeah, and that's the one thing I say. This came out during that writer strike, so a lot mm-hmm. of people kind of say like it kind of lost its steam there, and it was gone for a while, and so it kind of doesn't end very strong. Um, but yeah, all right, and Scott. So this is your first time, right? I mean, you said maybe you watched a couple episodes, but right, right. So, so I was, I was actually aware of a couple things that were supposed to be, I don't know, twists or spoilers. Like uh, Cylon's bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I vaguely remembered certain things, but yeah, for the most part, I was going in fresh. Other than you know, kind of what I knew about the the original series, which wasn't much, and just okay. overhearing people talk about the show constantly. All right. And is there anything mm-hmm. that kept you away from it all this year, all this time, or? Um, it just another one of those things where uh, it was already out, and I wasn't keeping up with it, and it just fell by the wayside. I think I think Game of Thrones is about the only show that I've ever kept on top of, at least over the last like fifteen years. All right, fair enough. And mm. just one thing going over the cast. I mean, this cast kind of really hasn't done much since. I mean, like like I mentioned, Ever James almost and Mary McDonald done their own things, but like I don't know, like Jamie Bamber, which who's uh. Apollo. Uh, Apollo, yeah, I don't know if I've seen Oh, he anything. was on NCIS for a bit. Was he? Okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> good good <laughs> call. That's, that's all you got to say about um, that. So, so, yeah, no, I, I, I recognized uh, Gaius. Gaius. Really? Um, yeah, from another sci-fi show that I would watch with my dad called Eureka. Um, okay. Was I Eureka? It, was like, it was like a sci-fi disaster of the week type of thing. Um and yeah, he he had a guest starring role in there, and oh, it was okay. it was a big deal. Like they they promoted it that he was going to be a guest because <laughs> they were they were counting on people tuning in that were Battlestar fans, I guess. 
Uh, I did recognize the uh, spoilers. The one, the the first human Cylon. Oh, sorry. Technically, second human Cylon that they they meet on the 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 depot. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that guy had the weapons. Yeah, that that was the weird. that was the scientist from uh, season two of Jessica Jones. Yes, he was. Yeah, I'd never seen him <laughs> anything else. Uh, no, he's actually. At least I don't remember seeing anything else. Yeah, you have. Because when I watched this again, I was the first thing I saw because I just saw Jessica Jones. I'm like, oh, that's just younger. But there's other things. And I'll look it up during the podcast that you're like, oh, crap, he wasn't that. Um, like, I know Grace Park has gone on to do TV shows. I don't know right. if Trisha Helfer. Yeah. So, Trisha, so Helfer. Trisha Helfer, I she was in um, the second season of Lucifer uh, more okay. recently. But, and... <laughs> uh, I, I realize, Jeff, you you called Alex and I huge nerds earlier, but uh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, I did. Even even uh, it, it's a bigger deal to me that she voiced Edie in Mass Effect two and three. Oh and, yeah, and That's right. uh, even even uh, more so than that, she's the 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 current voice of Kerrigan in Starcraft. Nancy but but I, but I don't need to tell you that. Yeah. No, uh, which don't. is a huge deal. So, prefer you uh, didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Busting Too late. shins left and right. <laughs> uh, Katie Slack off Starbucks. She's been in a few things, but I don't think she's quite really. I know she had a show. I think I don't know. The one guy though, I know Hilo. He's in a bunch of sci-fi crap. He turns up all the time for me in these little bit roles. Um, never a big star, but he shows up. Oh, he was the guy in the uh, dinosaur from the future past show with uh, Ike. <laughs> okay, I, I I think I know what you're talking about, Alex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Triceracop. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that would be a hell of a role. It wasn't that good. <laughs> um, and then also uh, Michael Hogan, the the XO. Uh, I, I don't I don't remember if they ever said his name in the in the, in the series, but uh, he also has a. A voice in Mass Effect Two and Three as well. Yeah, it's Colonel Ty. Come on, man. Yeah. Plus, he's All the right. doctor from uh, what you call it, Fallout New Vegas, right? No, that's uh, no, 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 no. that's uh, Chuck. Oh, I thought that was him. No, the doctor's Chuck. Okay. From Chuck. Oh, really? Yes. Damn, I didn't know. Uh, anyway, anyways, yeah. All right. Well, we're good as usual. We'll do our list of seven things we want to talk about for this movie. I'll go first since it's mine, and I just want to start off with the the music. I love the drum beat when, they're, especially the space battles. And there's specifically space battles I'll talk about more later. But oh yeah, just that yeah. It just it feels so weird at first, but then it just feels so right later on as you watch the series. So. Uh, rewatching it, I definitely was like, "Oh yeah, I forgot how cool this was." Um, I, I feel like later, I feel like Firefly was kind of doing the same thing too. Yeah, not that one was ripping yeah, off but... one or the other, but yeah, that kind of like yeah, the drum beat type of thing. Now that now you bring it up, Jeff, mm-hmm. and uh, which I don't think they show the intro in the miniseries, but later on when the episodes start doing, I just love the intro at the beginning too. And then, oh, do, 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 and so. previously a Battlestar Galactica, yeah. 
Um, so yeah, the music for me, specifically the big drum, bongo, whatever beat that happens during, <laughs> especially the space fights. Alright, Alex. Uh, my number seven, and as a parent, this was way more horrific. Because I knew it was coming, I'm like, oh shit, this is the thing. When I first uh, saw it, I was single, and I didn't, it was like, oh man, that's harsh. But now it's like, ugh. When one of the number six models was in Caprica, and she's like, oh, what a cute baby, oh, they're so small. And then, <laughs> this is another reason why, like, white privilege still exists in Caprica also. You know, there's no way a person of color would have been, that lady would have left the person of color alone with her baby. She just walks off while this blonde is just there, a stranger with her child. Okay. Then she bends over and just snaps that baby's neck. Ugh. Gross. What, what is, what is the white privilege coming here? That she was a tall, blonde, blue-eyed lady. Right, There's but, no way that but like, mom... but like on the show, like when is that ever? No, it isn't. But I'm just saying, a person. There's no okay. way that mom on well, Caprica. Well, we'll say we'll say in person. real life. <laughs> but, well, that too. I'm just saying, her baby got snapped because oh, it's just a white lady. Whatever, my baby's fine. Space so white. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was yeah. a white lady. That's a Cylon. Uh, I don't know, Alex. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of a stretch. <laughs> Could be. But yeah, it's it's definitely honked up though. There's no there's no arguing. Yeah, there. it's like ugh, gross. I almost threw up in my mouth. Like when I heard that sound effect, ugh. Yeah, that is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, Scott, number seven. All right, uh, my number seven, and uh, I was, uh, I don't want to say surprised necessarily, but uh, I was appreciating that this this was solid, uh, hardcore sci-fi. Uh, all the, from the, the politics playing out in space to mm-hmm. the, the different spaceships um, to, to how certain things played out, how they had to, like, vent the ship at one point. Um, these are all kind of hallmarks of, uh, of what, what what a more typical sci-fi um, story will will be, um, and yeah, I I enjoyed it. Um, the, the the whole idea of okay, well, you know, it's the the military versus the the civilian government, but then you have to throw in the the fact that you know again they're in outer space. <laughs> you taking orders from a school teacher? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said, I'm just like him. How do I reach these people? <laughs> uh, yeah, and it, I, I'm doing a, a poor job of explaining this, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was good sci-fi. Uh, the cheese came more from the, <laughs> from, from some of the, the things I'll get into later, but the, the actual story and things like that, uh, was pretty solid. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'll piggyback off of that. And my number six, which there's good and bad about this, I love the fact that you can forget that it is in space. Like when they're inside the the ship, it's like you're in an old submarine movie or whatever, you know. And they it's they write it into the story, and there's reasons why the battle stars this way. They're not networked, and that's what saves them and everything. But yeah, using phones, using papers, using when they're you know, and they're in the I'll call it the bridge for the lack of a better term because I don't remember the name now. And they're just looking at the board that really doesn't have... I don't understand how those things work. <laughs> There's no actual physical stuff on there, but... It's like the ones yeah. on Star Wars where they yeah. just put the lights at it. <laughs> I never got how that works, but whatever. It's, it's doing <laughs> yeah. something. 
um, I just love all that. And then there's this weird little nuances like every single thick papers don't have corners. They all have the diagonal <laughs> cuts on the edges. Like, okay, that's yeah. Everything's an octagon. Yeah, things like I have, I have more to say about that. Scantron. <laughs> um, Everybody's weird, turning in their Scantron tests. <laughs> the weird tank tops that they all wear. Just they're. I've never seen tank tops like that. It's just something different, and I just I like it. And I said it's it's cheese, and I know they a lot of it's written in just so they can. Like when you start watching this show, there will be like two or three episodes where you never see the outside of a ship, and then then they'll have the big episode where you have this, where all the budget goes into these few space battles, and then it's <laughs> yeah. back into just you know Starbuck and whoever just fighting and fucking or whatever they're doing on the <laughs> on the ship for a few episodes, and then okay mm-hmm. space shot. Um, so and I I just like that and just them looking up like I think one of the battles when they're getting back into it and you always see like Adama and Ty just looking up at I don't know what they're looking at because there's no screens it's not even Star <laughs> Trek yeah, yeah. they just they're just listening to the battles and stuff but I just, just I really dig it um, so that's my number six uh, Alex my number six is is just a, it's dated VFX. But I gotta say, they're really good for sci-fi VFX, even back in the day. Yeah, because sci-fi usually doesn't have the backs. You know, they don't they don't have the big budget to do everything. I mean, they got it after Battlestar Galactica because it was so good. You could tell like the effects kept getting better and better. But man, in this miniseries is like, well, that's pretty bad. But for sci-fi back in the day, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's weird. It's like it gets all grainy when there's special effects. Like, especially when, like, the the old Cylon models show up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like they don't have enough time they to... It, they, put, they bump it down to, like, 480p. Yeah, it was like they don't yeah, have enough time to, to, yeah. to render the whole thing at the highest resolution. So they're just like, all right, well, enough. Um, no. like, I have more to say about that in the dogfights later. But yeah, I, I think for sci-fi, it definitely is... Is great and even for some stuff now, um, I really like it. So I agree. Mm-hmm. Scott. Okay, so number six. Um, <laughs> so I, I get it. That's sci-fi challenge. Jeff uh, pointed out that sometimes it shows, um, but mm-hmm. there, it's not only that, but uh, just for a show that I, I think was very smart about how it did certain things, though. The way they designed the the CIC, the bridge, made no fucking sense to me. Like to the point where it kind of bothered me. Like you were just pointing out, Jeff, there's no readouts anywhere, and I get that it's supposed to be kind of low tech, um, but not just that, but just uh, like ergonomically. The in the in the final escape scene, there's like a chair, a rolling chair that goes through a glass window on the bridge. <laughs> like <laughs> that makes no sense to me. Like, I get that it had been turned into, like, a museum showpiece. And then you could explain away any of that that kind of stuff. Like, well, they put this in there because there was, like, they want people to stay out of it, but they want to be able to show or whatever. It belongs the, in a museum. Yeah, but then the very first thing they should have done when they when they went to war is someone should have just gone there with a hammer and just taken care of it, knowing that's exactly what would happen. The, the fact that they all, like, in, in Star Trek fashion, that they all just stand around and get thrown around the bridge <laughs> doesn't make any sense to me either. Because um, they're more like straight military, whereas at least in Star Trek, they, they explain it in a way as like, oh, you know, we're more kind of explorers or whatever. Um, but yeah, the, the the bridge layout made no sense to me. They had the, the one screen up 
that wasn't even a screen, but the uh, again, like in like you said in Star Wars, where it was just the uh, concentric rings and lines going through it. Yeah. But they were all like evenly spaced, so it didn't. It wasn't a picture of anything. And then you know, Edward James almost to his credit would be like, put his finger up there and be like, "We're gonna go from here to here," and it was just <laughs> it didn't didn't make any sense. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was almost yeah like. It didn't quite irritate me, but it did take me out of the show a little bit. Okay. Like I said, I agree. Those rings, I still don't understand, but I just, I'd say it's military stuff. I don't know what they're talking about, but yeah, yeah. as noted, I don't know what that does with anything um, except show distance. Is that what it's supposed to show? Like you put your center, like we're the center, so there are three clicks in this direction. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> Is it clicks in space? Who knows? Why not? Uh, fathoms. Mm, <laughs> there yeah. we go. All right. Um, my number five, and this is the one nitpick I have, and I I can see, and this is kind of the Game of Thrones thing where they put in the sexy robots and the sexy time a little too much, and I think it's because they think they need a little extra to get people like to get the non nerds to watch it, <laughs> and like sexy sexy robot six just it's a little overkill sometimes. It's just like fuck. Yeah, you're hot. You're amazing. You're wonderful. But it's it happens throughout the first season, throughout the whole series. But it, just a lot more as I was watching it. Just like, uh, and then the music starts playing every single time you're in Baltar's head, or you know, I I just it's one of my one negative, which feels stupid because I'm complaining about there's this beautiful woman half naked all the time in these scenes. But it's like, eh, does it really need to be here? And to make same thing, Game of Thrones season one, where it's like, yeah, throw a sex scene in here while Balt, why uh, Littlefinger's talking about how he's gonna take over the the realms and stuff. So and then he pulls out the jizz mm-hmm. rag and wipes off her face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's the only thing. Oh, once again, I oh, she's awesome, but just a little too much. Um, and her, I will say it, my least favorite part of the show are her and Baltar. And I like them a lot, but... It's um, it's funny that you should mention that, because this will be... <laughs> I have something to say about this my number five. Mm. Um, so that's it. That's my number five. Alex. Speaking of number six, uh, my number five is, yeah, on the lower side, the, uh, yeah, the visions that he has of the number six, which later on in the series turn into something else. Something a bit more mysterious, which, eh, I don't know if it quite lands, but it's interesting that they try to go in that direction. But um, yeah, because at first you don't you don't really know. She talks a lot about oh, I could I could just be a chip implanted in your brain, blah blah this and that. I mean, Baltar doesn't really explore too much into that. He doesn't actually does he scan himself for microchip? I forget. Yeah, he does. He has the dog okay. to do it. Am like a cat scan or something on him? All right. And early on in season one. Okay. Well, there goes my theory. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> that's a pretty um, iconic, just to add another twist to Baltar's character, that is, a, he's a little bit unhinged and maybe feels guilty for everything that he's wrought, so he's having these crazy visions. I agree, and as I'm... I know we're, we're sticking to season, uh, the miniseries here, and I, I don't remember. Like You say stuff happens. That's one part. I don't remember how this whole thing... Like, I still think, as I'm rewatching, I'm still like in mid-season two... Everything can be explained that's just in his head. Because everything... Yeah, he has the guilt. The last thing he knows is that... Yeah. 
he, he gave, she stole all the codes from him, and now that's how he's dealing with it. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm still like from from the series. I'm still not convinced that that he's not a Cylon because the last shot of him was taking a fucking nuclear blast. So in the in her vagina house. saved him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cylon vagina. That's true. We don't know the power of that. So it's powerful. Uh, yeah, it could be. I, I honestly don't remember how this how this ends up. So um, uh, I won't spoil it for you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah. All right, so Scott, number five. Yeah, so number five was uh, number six. <laughs> also, uh, so I thought I thought she was great. Um, like like you said though, Jeff. Like it, I was getting annoyed every time she would pop in, and it would be one of his scenes, one of Gaius' scenes. Because so I'm like, okay, this is how this is gonna go. She's gonna like start rubbing up against him, and it just yeah, it was just too much. Um, that that said. Uh, she she did give like a an interesting performance or take on that character because she'd always seem kind of like upset at the end of every every time he would like walk away or leave her or whatever the case is, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was interesting. And I'm wondering where they were going with that. Um, yeah, that does become something as it goes on. Yeah, so which so, I won't talk about here. Yeah, so she she was good, <laughs> but it was just too much. Like yeah. Yeah, every single scene with that is just yeah, yeah. And actually, I guess mm-hmm. season one, I especially remember seeing when they come in and he, he's, he pretty much has her dress around his head and he's just, you know, sci-fi channel banging her when somebody walked in. It's just like God damn. Yeah. Hmm? What was that? What? Hmm? Yeah. Oh no, no, yeah, yeah. And everybody around him. Oh, he's just eccentric. He's a genius. He's eccentric. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Um, we're on number four now. Four, yeah. Um, so I just the whole—I don't want to say this—the whole culmination of the Cylons attacking, everyone trying to figure out what's going on. No one knows, and then everything leading up to Rosalind getting uh, getting her promotion. Like I just thought that was just real. So many cool things in there, but I'll focus on the one because you guys may have others. And her just, you know, she's just, you know, the secretary of teaching throughout the the uh, colonies or whatever. And then she gets the, she puts her number and she's what, I forgot what number they say. She's like 68th on the list or something. And yep. next thing you know, she's being sworn in. <laughs> we need a priest <laughs> and a glass yeah. of water. I forgot what. An old, an old priest and a young priest <laughs> and a glass of water. And, and just... Yeah, and her whole thing going through with breast cancer at the same time. I just thought that was cool. And I remember hating her character early on. Even the miniseries, I'm not sure if, if I don't know what happens later on with her, that um, her, how her story arc goes, that I wouldn't like her. But this, I like what they do with her hair. And uh, I mean, it took me a while to figure out that she was the chick from Dances with Wolves and, <laughs> Independent, and Independence Day and stuff. Sneakers. I don't think I've ever seen sneakers, so I wouldn't. It's going on the list. <laughs> so yeah, uh, the whole attack, but most, most specifically Rosalind becoming president of the colonies. Uh, Alex, where we at? Oh yeah, number four. Uh, the great writing. I mean, it's it's got its ups and downs, but generally the writing is like pretty good. It's really good storytelling. Uh, you're never bored, that's for damn sure, even though stuff is kind of eye-rollingly bad. 
like something right after that that follows it is pretty interesting. So it, it grabs a hold of you. It's really good. I, I agree. And uh, I think, and they also do a lot of uh, what's not allegory. What's the other one? Corey. <laughs> they, they won. They won like Peabody's and stuff for this show because of the way to like take. Uh, you know, current modern problems and transform, transpose them into the show, and oh yeah, yeah, and have all that stuff. And similar to Star Trek, you have the uh, uh, more diverse cast and all, all that good stuff that sci-fi shows that other things don't do. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, still no black people, other than the one, <laughs> other than the one. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah. Well, and the show goes on. There's there's some more. Um, but yeah, I think just D, I believe. But eh. Adama, somehow he has an English child. I don't know how that worked out, but because we'll, uh... his wife was white, you didn't see in the po- in the photos she was a redhead. I know she was a redhead. Thinking. She wasn't. I think she was blonde. I thought she was. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, <It was> Rubia. <laughs> uh, Scott. <laughs> uh, so we're number four. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I thought it was very clever the way that they explain the the low tech, the fact that that's that's how the ship was rigged to to fight against the Cylons, and that's what ends up saving the ship because they can't be, uh, for for lack of a better term, can't be hacked by the mm-hmm. Cylons. Uh, the fact that nothing in the on the ship is networked, um, although it seems to me that there would have to be. <laughs> something there to get the the, the FTL drives going, uh, but uh, yeah, I thought yeah, it was really well, cool. They had that... one computer do the scantron, and then they put that scantron into <laughs> yeah. another computer. But one of the chats gets keep... stuck, and then they they teleport <laughs> in the middle of a sun. Yeah. Well, then I'm yeah, glad it didn't happen. Yeah, um, hanging chads. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it just I I I, I liked how they they explained all that away. Um, and and why they use the the older ships and uh, how those ships probably I don't know I you know I can't I cannot remember what the newer um, fighters are supposed to look like yeah, uh, they look like ass yeah yeah the of of the um, the vipers cloning the clon- yeah what's the official mm-hmm. name of the military colonial hey. military like do they ever say I don't remember now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, throughout the show, they call it the fleet, but the yeah, fleet includes yeah. the Colonial civilian fleet. ships. I think, though, so I'm not sure. Uh, well, at any rate, uh, I again, I thought it was just really cool that they how they they were able to keep it low tech to to survive. Yeah, I, I thought that was awesome too. Um, yeah. So, all right. My number three is, got to talk about the Cylons here. I love the, you know, the human Cylons, uh, thing they added, you know, that's the thing that separates the show from the previous show. Um, just that, that whole thing, like with the thing or any of those shows where who, anyone could be one of us. So you get that. Everyone gets paranoid. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always thought it's weird that they can only do so many models. Like, I don't know why. If you could do this whole technology, like, that's the one thing that you could do all this stuff, make it exactly, you just can't change a nose. 
<laughs> or you know, eye color, <laughs> your little skin dimp, uh, wrinkles or whatever. So that's kind of weird, but I do love the uh, the Cylon aspect and just that. Um, as you find out, as the show ends, there's different types where like some are they know they're aware and some aren't. Some are sleeper models, and um, I just that's a really cool aspect, and I just love the. The look of the metal ones, but with the new flare on it, like the, we talked about earlier. The Centurions look badass. The actual ships, those things are awesome looking. Um, so there's the Cylons, and they're a really good foe. Uh, I just love their uh, hatred for humanity and just wiping out everybody that's so quick at the very beginning of, the, of this show. So the Cylons, but and and like I said, the human looking versions that they added in this incarnation. So so that was the the big cliffhanger for me. Uh, the the one thing that I was kind of left like uh, I really want to know uh, was the the note that Adama sees at the end that somebody's yeah, left uh, for him yeah. I'm assuming uh, but it says there's only yeah. 12 models and that just had me ask questions like 12 different types of Cylons only 12 models total of the of the ones that look like humans Human 12 yeah. of each of the ones that look like humans like i because that's what i thought was going on because i thought she explains early on that uh that she, there's, there's only like 12 of her but did she mean her specifically or all of them are they all linked so are they all the mm. same one no they're not all linked they're all definitely individual personalities for each um, model, but she's a model number six. But there's a various model number sixes out there, like you saw at the uh, like the last shot. But they're individual um, programs, I guess you would say, individual consciousness from Cylon consciousnesses. Yeah, and then it's kind of tying but... into that when when the the big twist when uh, when the last Cylon steps out and says, uh, "Boomer," <laughs> says uh, like we have to find her or whatever, and then. You don't see who says it, but I think it was one of the Trisha Helfers. It says, by your command. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which makes me think that there's like, an, there's like a Cylon queen, like a Borg queen, but a Cylon. Maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and just to add what Scott or Alex said, they don't share a mind, but when they die, everything they know is uploaded. And so then the next ones that are kind of just have that knowledge. So just right, that so, specific one that looks like that, or all of them? I mean, obviously the information I, is loaded up and available to everybody, but... Yeah, I think I think everyone, if I remember correctly, yeah, when you start seeing more behind-the-scenes Cylon stuff, I think they know, like, oh, we know about Adama because of the few that have interacted with him now and stuff like that. So I think so. Mm-hmm. They kind of do little X-Files stuff where they reveal stuff, but they don't really, and it's always just kind of like, eh. And they, yeah. <laughs> Science. Yeah, there, there was, and, sorry. Go ahead. I was saying the twelve model. Twelve models is definitely there's just twelve variations. So there could be a thousand uh, Trisha Hell number sixes, but there's only like in this series or the mini series we meet what three? We meet her. We meet that guy that they capture on the on the ammunition depot, and then we find out at the end the Boomer. reporter. Oh yeah, and the reporter. So yeah, and, you meet four. Boomer. And then the twelve are kind of revealed. Well, they are all revealed eventually through the life of the show. Mm-hmm. And some maybe people we've seen, some you know about, some not. So, 
Yeah. All right, Alex, number three. Uh, my number three, I love the old school Viper designs. Out of like, it, they're right up there with the X-Wings for me because they look so freaking cool. That's what attracted me to the original show when I was a kid. So the Vipers is such a cool spaceship. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know they, they're like, oh, we got these new model Vipers and stuff. But I think they made them look garbage on purpose. <laughs> Who fell? Who <laughs> flung poo? Yeah. I just dropped I think, my phone. Oh, okay. I think they made the newer models look a little bit garbage on purpose just to make the older models just seem way cooler and kind of revive that look. Man, it's awesome. I love yeah. their design. I do love their I love their design. I love the way they fly, which I'll mm-hmm. want to say about that in a little bit. Um, agreed. All right, Scott, number three. All right, number three, uh, Edward James Olmos and Mary McDonald. As, as you said earlier, Jeff, they're, they're the ones that kind of anchor everything, uh, the real actors, as it were. Um, yeah. But yeah, both of them, I think, bring... Uh, that 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 uh, that authority, the gravitas, if you will, um, to their respective positions as characters on the show, um, and yeah, it, it really does tie everything together. Um, I, I was a little disappointed that there was so little in- interaction between the two of them, um, which is which only really comes at the end of the miniseries, um, but maybe that's for the best. Um, you know, yeah, five seasons or yeah, yeah. Let, the kind of whole yeah. less is more thing, like you know, like Trisha Helfer popping in constantly. We don't need to have them butting heads constantly. Um, but yeah, I thought they they were both great. Um, you know, Mary, Mary McDonald did a really good job of the whole show. Don't tell. Um, I mean, you you do get that scene in the beginning about how she has cancer, um, but they don't really spell it out like exactly what's wrong with her. Other than it's just cancer, um, and there's just subtle clues that you know uh, that that's what's going on with her, and um, and how she uh, you know hides it all. Uh, she did a great job, and then almost um, just being kind almost of almost what? <laughs> uh, it's almost a hard ass. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Yeah, you know, taking command. He's the the kind of old. Kind of that that old dog mentality that he's gonna. We're at war. Yeah, my <laughs> mission is to get rearmored and get the Galactica back out there. How do I reach these colonists? <laughs> How do I reach these Cylons? Uh, yeah, they they were they were definitely both good, and yeah, I think the the show really would have suffered if they hadn't had uh, those two roles uh, in lockdown. Yeah. Definitely. Um, which leads into my number two. I don't have Laura Rosen's character as one of my favorites, even though I do like it and it's strong and the show needs it. But I like, you know, the fun stuff. So Adama is definitely my favorite character. I think he's, spoiler, spoiler for what's going to happen later on in the episode, one of my favorite space commanders, captains of all time. And then, uh, as Alec knows, I love Starbuck. She's ba- badass. <laughs> uh, yeah, he does. <laughs> Just a badass pilot, you know, and uh, and I will give them credit where this is a show where they started casting females in their roles way before, you know. Nowadays, everyone's complaining about that. They did it 
over 15 years ago. So yeah, people got upset when they re- they cast Starbuck as a girl and Boomer as a girl, and I remember lots of uh, flack for that. And they did it, and they and she's a badass character. She's hot, but she's also just a badass. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't give shit. Uh, her haircut in this series is terrible. Like she, I think <laughs> that's the one thing she changed. She looks like Macaulay Culkin or something. In the, in the yeah, super hot. I mean, what? Whoa. Wait a minute, what? Weird. <laughs> but uh, there's lots of cool characters in this. I like Hilo. I like, um, like we talked about, Adama and Starbuck. Uh, Chief Tyrrell. He's his own kind of cool. Um, uh, Ty, just a badass drunk. Uh, you son of a bitch! Or I just you got to have that guy. Like you said, just don't know when to keep your mouth shit. <laughs> yeah, like Adama's kind of that, but he's not. But Ty is definitely just the the stupid <laughs> chief, basically. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just the awesome characters the show created with me having uh, Adama and Starbuck as my favorite. Alex. Uh, speaking of Adama, I like the speech at the end that he had. <laughs> Gets me fired up. Awesome Welcome speech to Earth. Has. Yeah. <laughs> it's his, uh, we will not go quietly into the night speech. So so say we all. He just keeps screaming it. So like, say we all. These are lucky ones, right? That's what you're thinking. <laughs> Earth, I know where it is. <laughs> How do I reach these planets? Yeah. Yeah. He gives him hope with a great big fat lie. Yeah. Well, that kind of blew my mind whenever I watched this. It's like, okay, is this so? Is this Star Wars? Or oh, then when they mention Earth, I'm like, okay, so it's supposed to be somehow connected. I like that, even if it was a lie. That at least it's something that's been talked about. I thought that was cool. The Thirteenth Colony. Yeah, that was their stick for the first one too. They were searching for Earth. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Then the twist. There's no Earth, is there? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Suckers. Uh-huh. Or oh, is there? Whoa. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, Scott, number two. All right, number two is the, uh, the, not a specific scene, but just the the way the dogfights play out. Mm-hmm. Um. It only happens like two or three times, really, but uh, it, it's a really cool take on on space combat. How they're not <laughs> they're not in the in the atmosphere, uh, so you know so bad. Awesome. they just they do all these crazy one hundred and eighty degree turns, like without uh, having to um, yeah, like, do like cover any distance. Like yeah, without yeah. banking. Thank you. Um, they just turn around. Um, which totally makes sense. Um, I I would it, now that I think about it, um, it's not really nitpick, but I think it would have been cooler and probably way more <laughs> ate up their entire budget. But to 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 have them not just do that to turn around on the the plane that the, the camera had them on, but to go up and down too, like the like a Z axis type of deal. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, that that was really cool. That the way that those all played out. Um, the way the projectiles would collide with each other looked awesome. Um, from the kind of, uh, I don't know, basically the machine guns that the Vipers had versus uh, all the missiles that 
the Cylons had, which was cool, by the way, that they only fired missiles. <laughs> That's fucking terrifying. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the sounds, the, the sound effects were rad. Um, so they they, they kind of cheated, and, and I appreciate this, with the whole, you know, there's no sound in space, right? Exactly, so, I love it. So, so every time you heard all these these uh, like machine guns and all these other stuff firing, it was always this like very muted, yeah, like sound. And I thought that was a really smart and cool choice. Uh, so yeah, my number two is the the dog fights. All right, well that carries right into my number one. So let's keep talking the dog yeah, fights. And the, me and too. The, <laughs> <laughs> I love and, the dog fights. And to go with the sound, though, I love it because it's like, yes, we know in space there's no sound, but that's boring for a show. Yeah, exactly. You have to have yeah, something. Yeah. So they just they acknowledge it. You get that muted sound. I think initially that's quiet. Like when the ships first burst out, you'll get silence, and then they yeah. Yeah, they slowly mute it up. Then the drums come in. Yeah. And as you said, the way the ships act in space, it's not – I mean, we all love Star Wars, but Star Wars, yeah, it's basically taking World War II dogfights and putting them in space. But that's not how it would work. And I just love the way they just flip on their axes and do all sorts of crazy shit. Um, you could always she, see, like, the, the little air sprays on the nose and on the wings and stuff to help the ship, like, yeah. uh, orient yeah. the way that the pilot wants. That was exactly. a really awesome touch. Um, it's kind of – Based their helmets themselves, so you can see them, and they don't have to take off their helmets every single time when they're talking, so you can see the actors' faces. Like that always annoys me in movies, or like <laughs> they take off the face masks. Yeah, like it just. I know you have to. Do oh, so it's, Tom it's Tom Cruise. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> but I didn't know it was him. Uh, then he should have so immediately just... passed out because he was like two miles above the ground. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> going mock. Talk to me, goose. <laughs> yeah, talk to me. Uh, um. They, they, you know, they also have that with that purple hint or blue uh, tint in there. It's just gives it that sci-fi look that I'll always like. Um, as you mentioned, so the, the last battle where they could finally have all the ammunition to load up the big Galactica guns, like watching those things turn and fire and just and they, they pan out really quick. That's another thing. There's like quick camera movements throughout these space battles too, where it's it's like a handheld. Right, like, and they're zooming in and just ah, oh, it's so cool. And then as I mentioned, the Cylons themselves, just the way the ships look and. Um, I think that first battle with is it Starbuck or whatever, where it turns around and tries to do that, you know, the hack trick, <laughs> and it doesn't work. Firewalls up, baby, you ain't getting through this, and then Starbuck just blows it away. So like the first time they actually had a real battle, so the mm-hmm. silence aren't that bad. I mean, they're not that bad as you think, or badass, I should say. Um, just just all of it. Um, Starbuck herself being an awesome pilot, and uh, yeah, I just. I want to say that's when I said when I first started this, I was a little iffy. And then I think one of those first uh, battles was like, okay, I can at least watch the show for this. And then later on, I love the story. The writer, like Alex said, which kept me with it. But mm-hmm. that was one of the first, like, awesome. Because it is kind of, that's the Star Wars part of it, the action scenes. And then you have the the bridge stuff, which is you got your Star Trek. So mm-hmm. in generalities, obviously, they're different shows and everything. But um, oh, I love it. Anything else to add, Alex? Uh, yeah, just you touched a little bit on the uh, the camera work that they have in these dogfights, which was pretty groundbreaking. I think the show really pioneered it, where you would just see like a big shot of space, and maybe at the beginning of the shot you might catch like a glimpse, like of a little pixel or something moving in the background, and the camera would zoom in real close, and it's like, oh shit, because yeah. I know that definitely translated into. Um, I was uh, working 
in game production at the time, and a lot of people were like, oh, the cinematics, we have to, for this shot, we have to have that Galactica camera, you know? And everybody knew exactly what that meant. Oh, nice. Yeah. So we, we I mean, the game didn't come out with that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but we, it, it was so iconic that, you know, a lot of people wanted it, especially for, like, spaceship shots and stuff. It was all the rage back then, especially yeah. in my circles. But, yeah, I still love that camera work. Cool. And the one thing, I just love their deployment of the ship. The ship, it seemed like when everything was working correctly, they just, they put the Viper in the little uh, launch tube or whatever. And then it's just a matter of opening the tube. And so just gravity just sucking them out with a vacuum of space, pulling them out. At least that's how I got it. They, there there was, there Plus was, they had the wire at the bottom, yeah. There, yeah, there was something that was like shooting them out. Was I thought that was just a groove to keep him going straight. There, there was there was one shot when she's getting rocketed out that you actually see it retract on the way back in. Mm-hmm. Well, I like my idea better. Just back <laughs> sucking him out. Well, it was both. I mean, it was both. She had you to have momentum both. to get back out there. <laughs> All right. Uh, the one thing I, when they have those crash landings, I think in almost every single, <laughs> they have to get back to the Galactica before they jump away. That uh, that gets old. I think they reuse those shots like every time, but. Uh, it's, uh, it's always funny they're making these crash landings in the in the hangar. Like, yeah, but you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> All right, Scott, number one. Number one is just kind of the that this ties into the dogfights, but the whole final escape uh, was a good climax to everything. Yeah, uh, that was cool. Uh, you know, there was real tension there with our the civilian ships gonna get away. Like, are they all gonna get? Someone gonna get wrecked? You know. Because that that wouldn't really affect. We, we already saw previously. A yeah, yeah. Because right. that wouldn't affect the, the the plot really. So you know there was you know there was no uh, reason to assume that any of them would live, other than maybe Mary McDonald's ship. Um, and then uh, you know I don't think I knew too much to to have any doubt that Starbuck and Apollo were going to get back. Um, but uh, yeah, seeing the the batteries open up um, and shoot yeah. shoot up in, into the the missiles was, as you pointed out, Jeff, uh, that looked amazing. Yeah, that was um, awesome. Just them uh, sending out the fighters. Um, I like that they that Apollo tells them to stay the frack out of the the firing solution, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is which is awesome because yeah, it's, it's basically. Space warfare is the same as submarine warfare. You got to have a <laughs> you got to have a firing solution before you can shoot anything. Um, so yeah, just that that whole final sequence, and then the see them jump away at the last second uh, was cool. Um, yeah, all the missiles and nukes go flying right through where they were. Right, right. I will say one thing that kicks that whole thing off. Right, that's when like Roslyn says, "Hey, we need to get out of here. We we've lost. Stop this." fight thing we're done we need to get out of here and start reproducing we gotta start making, making babies, babies. <laughs> they start making babies yeah and then he says <laughs> that on the brig is that an order yeah that was awesome he's <laughs> like it might be Cock. one of these days <laughs> yeah. he looks over what the fuck is that an order <laughs> so and i don't remember if they keep this up through the life of the show but i love Rosalind's board of the count of the human population. I oh, yeah, cool they keep thing. it up. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
Depressingly so, they keep it up. Yeah. It goes down more than it goes up. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> People need to bone more. Jeez. Yeah. Um, all right. Anything else to add? I have a few uh, honorable mentions. Um, just just real quick. One, one th- well, yeah, go, go ahead, Jeff. I'll, I'll toss mine in later. All right. Um, I, I was say, I mentioned I didn't like Baltar. I think Baltar's character over the time, he's, he's a good character, but he's annoying, so I don't like him. So anyway, I think that's kind of the point, you know. Um, yeah. Just wanted to bring up him. Um, I have, you know, as much as I got tired of sexy silent, there were a lot of amazing hot females on the show. Just <laughs> gotta throw that out there with Starbuck and Boomer and her and D and later on this few more added. Just gotta talk about that. Mm-hmm. And the first, I want to talk about fa- the faster than light jumps. I like how they made it like they hadn't jumped in forever and it was a big deal. And I think at one point, one of the people said, I hate this part. They made it seem like a big deal. And I like that it was more a jump, not a, we're going to go fast. We're not yeah, like hyperspacing. Zooming into, yeah. yeah. Um, I it's really actually like, like a bit of a teleport type of situation. Right. It's like if you have a piece of paper and you fold it God in half damn it, Jeff. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, the galactic is a pencil that goes through the piece of paper. <laughs> See that's that's I'm I'm fine with their with them having this this magical drive that just does this. I don't need it explained to me. I will say this. This is one thing in space they in all these movies they talk about how you have to get your, you know, can you plot that jump and you got to get it right or you may land in a star or whatever. Like I think the odds there's yeah, so much space. Empty space. Yeah. Like yeah, any asshole could be like <laughs> could plot it and then somebody could ask them, "Are you sure about anything?" Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and that, <laughs> They'd yeah, be right. right. Yeah, the odds seem there's so much emptiness out there that your odds are pretty good. You're not going to hit anything. Like, I get it, be right, but if it's Jat or Total Annihilation by the incoming silence, just fucking jump somewhere and take yeah. your chances because your chances are going to be good, I would think. I don't know. Ooh, spoilers. Uh, oh. <laughs> and that's like every sci-fi show. It's, I love Star Wars. Same thing. They talk about hey, Dustin Crop boys. You know? But yeah, it kind of is. Just jump somewhere and jump out. <laughs> that way. Yeah. Wait, wait somewhere. Jump that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, the use of frack, I love it and hate it at the same time. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, oh, that's one of my honorable mentions. Any from you guys? Yeah, so honorable mention to... Uh... Michael Hogan, Katie Sackhoff. Uh, so I both enjoyed their characters. And uh, if, if I were to watch more, I'd be interested to see, you know, what they do. Especially with, they get, with her. Get and on. <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> uh, Michael Hogan being uh, Colonel T. Ty. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I like, definitely want to see some, some more of Starbuck just be a... She's kind of an asshole, and I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. and, uh, just one thing that, that, uh, bugged me at the end and I might, might get explained away if, if I watched more, but how the, the Cylons say, oh, we have to like track them down. Otherwise they'll come back and, for their revenge because that's how humans are. And I'm like, you just fucking nuked 13 planets for whatever yeah. reason. So you're going to say like, you guys have the moral high ground. Like I didn't get that part. Oh, <laughs> uh, faulty programming. Yeah, you yeah. got to keep watching for that because they'll, they'll, <laughs> they'll, they'll talk about 
some of there is there's some deep stuff there scott yeah. and then not some not so deep stuff with right but, but that didn't make any sense for them to like be like oh the humans are gonna want revenge after they just fucking like oh isn't that human scott it is oh there mm-hmm. you go after all i'm not saying they're humans i'm just saying they they're they, they're created in their in the likeness of their creators i don't know i'm saying yeah. stuff but mm-hmm. it's kind of explained oh yeah um, um, real quick for me, uh, this didn't happen. This happens way later in the series. Uh, but the Adama maneuver, do you guys, do, have you heard about this one, Scott? Is it like the Picard maneuver? <laughs> no, but people compare it. Is it like the Riker maneuver? Uh, people compare that too. <laughs> Is it like the Costanza maneuver where you stop short? Yeah. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Is it like the Max where... system? <laughs> no, it's better. Where... Uh, to do a rescue, this is way later in the seasons. Uh, in the seasons, but to do a rescue, he gets the Galactica. He hyperlight jumps into the atmosphere of a planet, and this thing, the Galactica, was you know built in space, so it's not set for atmosphere. Right, right. Yeah. Like it probably can't even so land. It's falling, yeah, it's falling like a you know like a space rock essentially, and it deploys uh, just a bunch of vipers and everything it has. Right before it hits the ground, it like hyperlight jumps back into space once everybody is deployed. So that was a really like highlight of that season. It was freaking amazing and out of nowhere, really. I didn't expect it. So did it, <laughs> it probably like destroyed like a huge swath of <laughs> like whatever was below it? Because I'm guessing once you put atmosphere into the equation, that the uh... I'm just guessing. Uh, well, maybe maybe in real life, once we get the hyperlight jumps uh, yeah. all figured out, but in the show, it just disappears, like it jumps out. But it was uh, a I close call. I don't remember this, but okay, sounds. Oh, cool. you don't? Yeah, it uh, was awesome. Just watch a clip of it; it's super cool. Just like in uh, Force Awakens. Yeah, a little bit. I... Yeah. I hated what they did with light speed in the new movies. But that's for another topic, which I've already discussed mm-hmm. <laughs> many times. All right, um, let's rate this thing. So we're not going to rate the entire series. We're just going to obviously rate the miniseries. Um, I will go first. I have to give this a seven. Uh, I love, as a sci-fi, as a TV show, sci-fi, I think I've rewatched, because this is a movie. Like This is, could be a self-contained movie. You can just watch this and you can be, all right. Yeah, you want to know they more? Just trimmed down a couple of the stuff, a couple of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's the fact that I've watched it so many times, uh, and I've just rewatched it, and it's holding up and everything for me. So seven for me, um, Alex. Only because it's a miniseries. Ah, damn it! I really like it a lot, but you just really have to watch the rest of the series in order for it for me to be a six. So I have to give just the miniseries itself a five. Five. Okay, but it's good. Yeah. It's it's a good only because it leaves. You know, it ends in a cliffhanger. I mean, I know that there's later seasons and everything, but it ends in a cliffhanger. And it's like, oh, that's it. We get yeah, yeah. It's a fun. I'm gonna stop talking. <laughs> All right, fair enough, Scott. Right. Uh, yeah, this could say five for me as well. Uh, maybe if I had watched more of the series, or if I had uh, glommed onto it. During its initial run, I might feel uh, 
more disposed to give a, a higher uh-huh. higher rating. But yeah, I I, I like the sci fi aspect. Um but it wasn't a whole lot to, to really hook me uh at this point. So five. Alright. And I think I am bringing in baggage from uh, not baggage, but you know, my knowledge of the other ones why I give it so high. Um, yeah. But I can't take that away from my knowledge, so I love it. Alright, um our crossover list was top sci fi captains, commanders, you know, leaders of space vehicles. Mm-hmm. Um vehicles. Vehicles. Or sci fi vehicles. I shouldn't say space vehicles. Sci fi vehicles. Um because I don't know if I I don't I think mine are all space, but there could be other ones. So um I will go first, and I am going to pick a Star Wars one. Go figure. (laughs) (laughs) But I am going to do Thrawn from the Thrawn trilogy. Is he an admiral? He is an admiral. Like I said, don't get stuck on the the title. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He tells the ship where to go, or he tells the dude to steer the ship. Um, That's why I wanted to say that at the beginning, because, spoiler alert, Adama's title doesn't stay the same throughout the whole show either so anyway we did a whole episode on admiral thought i just think he's badass i want to do something star wars and a little bit off the board because he's an admiral but he's also just a badass love the way he thinks he does some awesome maneuvers in the books as you read it like that's one thing that none of the movies even the originals don't do space battles as cool as they did them in the books especially with his the way he would use certain uh Star Destroyers and tactics and everything to, to beat the, the How, rebels. So. Some, some yeah. fantastic maneuvers like the popcorn trick. Yeah, the popcorn trick was yeah. definitely one. Uh, the little maneuver at the Battle, battle of Tanab. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so Admiral Thrawn is my number five. Alex. My number five is from actually, a, I guess it would be a kind of obscure cartoon. I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, Captain Bucky O'Hare. <laughs> The Space Rabbit. He was Bucky, on Saturday morning. Yes, I remember this. And he was green, and he was a captain. Captain, captain Bucky O'Hare. Bucky O'Hare. I love that cartoon when I was a kid. Yeah, the kid I have that... I no idea what that is. Yeah, the kid that they got transported to this other universe and accidentally replaced one of the crew, and they made him dress up like a monkey because they couldn't have people know that he was human, even though it seemed like everybody was a different race, so who gives a shit? But there yeah. you go. Nice. I remember. All right, Scott. Okay. Uh, my number five is Zap Brannigan. Oh, damn it. From, my number three. From uh, Futurama. <laughs> uh, uh, originally, you, you could tell this was. They, they wrote this role for uh, Phil Hartman. Yeah. Uh, R.I.P. Uh, yeah. But uh, Billy West still does a great job with him. Uh, just. Uh, <laughs> Hilarious character, a, a big swipe at, at Kirk, at uh, William Shatner. Um, mm-hmm. But he does say some, some of my favorite lines from the entire run of Futurama, such as, <laughs> Brannigan's Law is like Brannigan's Love, hard and fast. Or, <laughs> I don't claim to understand Brannigan's Law, I merely enforce it. <laughs> <laughs> and many others. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, Player's character, uh, and a captain. So Zap Brannigan. That's right. All right. Uh, my number four, and this is going to be weird because 
when we did an episode on this, I did like the guy, but rewatching it, I do. And that'll, I don't even know the name of his fucking character. Nathan <laughs> Fillion from uh, is it Malcolm Reynolds? Malcolm Reynolds, oh, yep. Damn it, number two. Uh, it's my number four right. also. <laughs> okay, so Malcolm Reynolds from Firefly, Serenity. Um, going back and rewatching it. And I honestly, I think the more I play Destiny, because Nathan Fillion's one of the main characters in that, like, or his voices, I like him more now. So I gave him a second chance rewatching Firefly, and he's bumped up on my list here. So. Since you have more to talk about it, I'll go from there. So, Alex, number four. My number four is uh, from a popular anime. I don't have to tell Jeff, of course, but from <laughs> Super Dimensional Fortress, Macross. Oh, Captain the Global. SDF one? Yeah, the SDF one. <laughs> Captain Global. With his giant hat. <laughs> his giant captain's hat. He doesn't Space even fit through head. the door of the bridge. He has to duck down. He's so tall. Yeah. At least there was one adult on that show. That's right. And he had a sweet mustache. SDF one. But again, we don't need to explain any of this to Jeff. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know. You don't. Super fan. Robotech. So in that reason... Ah, uh, Scott, number four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number four, uh, Malcolm Reynolds. Uh, a uh, great character. Uh, equal parts. Uh, ruthless and... Uh, Kind of, I don't know, I guess compassionate at the same time. Uh, and funny. Uh, yeah. My my favorite being... Uh, I did, Have you watched the, the whole run of the series, Jeff? Uh, yeah. Firefly. So, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think my favorite episode is the... Uh, ah, we should do a Firefly episode these days. But, um... Yeah, yeah. The, uh... We, we did. We did. That's why I said, remember you guys got mad at me because I didn't like his character uh, or not. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyways, the one with Christina Hendricks where um, he accidentally marries her. Or at least that's what she uh-huh. claims. And then uh, Jane comes with this giant oh, yeah. gun and says, we got to talk. And he thinks he's going to have to fight Jane. <laughs> and Jane offers to trade him the gun for his new wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Nathan Fillion... Uh, the way he says it, <laughs> well, my days of t- not taking you seriously have certainly come to a middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Nathan Fillion, Firefly. All right, nice. All right, I'm having a hard time with my number three. Um, uh, I uh, Han Solo. But he's a captain, but he's really not like in all these other ones. He doesn't really. He, who does he lead on? He's not a commander. Nobody. Yeah, just Chewie. Yeah, Chewie. So he, he doesn't. Really. Yeah. So I'm gonna take him off my list. It's, it pains me to say this. So well, if I you're gonna do put... that, then I'm gonna take him off my list too. <laughs> really? Yes. I'm doing it now. <laughs> I'm replacing him. Okay. I'm reworking my list right now as we speak. Yeah, because I just had a hard. That's why I did put Thrawn in there because I solo. Of course, it's Star. I want him on there, but he's not in the same element with these guys. So I will go with. Um, he's not. Oh, Morpheus. How about that? Morpheus from um, the Nebuchadnezzar and the Matrix. At least he does have a crew there. I don't know if he's a captain okay. though, or is he? I don't even know. Yeah, he is. Not? All right, Jeff. By virtue of you picking Morpheus, which is what I was going to do, I I will then keep Han Solo <laughs> on my list. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Morpheus, the Nebuchadnezzar, and just him, you know, 
leading this group of people to free people from the Matrix. Um, and his he de- at least he does have a crew with not like this chick and and Trinity and Neo switch Apoc switch Apoc mouse mouse tank you, dozer Elon sleeps bag come out. on man good job Alex wow um, yeah Morpheus Matrix number three Alex uh, Captain Zet Brannigan okay it's real velour that's <laughs> so good all right Scott. Uh, number three, going to Star Trek. Uh, this is this was tough for me. <laughs> Pick your captain. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Pick your captain. Uh, well, I might have Star Trek That's twice in here. Uh, oh, captain, my captain. Oh, captain, my captain. And I'm going to go with uh, Benjamin Sisko from Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Ooh. Is he captain of? I mean, a space station? Is that really a ship? Yes. Plus he gets okay. he gets he gets a ship like halfway through the series, all right. Like the super ship that they build for him. Um, but uh, yeah, the, for my money, the the best of the Star Trek series, and in no small part because of Terry Farrell. But anyway, uh, hmm. it's definitely a different take on the the whole Star Trek uh, captains, where uh, he's he's much less of a. Uh, I don't. He, he's he's just as strict as any of them, but he's way more willing to kind of bend rules for certain things. Um, then he gets he gets pissed off too, <laughs> way more than most of the other ones do. Uh, Picard does occasionally. I don't remember ever seeing Kirk get mad, other than in Wrath of Khan. I was just gonna say, what the hell? <laughs> he just gets that one that one scene basically, and uh. Yeah, he, don't make me angry. You would like me when I'm angry. Yeah, he was a, a nuanced character. Yeah, Benjamin Sisko. All right. Um, we're to number twos now? Yep. All right. Well, this is where I pick my Star Trek captain. And I only have one because I'm not... I love Star Trek. Or I like Star Trek, I should say. I haven't watched enough of anything but the original, so Captain Kirk is my Star Trek captain. And I go from the movies, but I always loved him in the movies. He's a, you say, like, not playing by the rules. That's that's Captain Kirk as well. Yeah. Um, his uh, awesome fighting skills, his ability to make love to every single space alien <laughs> there is. He does, mm-hmm. It's true. He's the only captain that's perfected the, the double hammer fist. <laughs> double hammer fist. <laughs> and him outsmarting uh, even the test. Kobayashi Maru, uh, Kobayashi Maru. Maru. Um, so for all those reasons, like I, for me, the only other Star Trek captain I know is Picard, and I haven't watched enough of the new generation, next generation, to to have him beat out Kirk. So Captain Kirk, my number two, Alex. Uh, my number two is uh, Captain Malcolm Reynolds, also from Firefly. And my favorite line is when he's fighting this guy to the death, and the crew's like through a window, and they're about to help him. And then, uh, oh, what's her face is his, like, uh, co-pilot, second-in-command, what's her face? Yeah, Zoe. He says, no, no, this is something the captain needs to do by himself. <laughs> and then Mal's like, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay. So they just shoot the guy through the glass. <laughs> Forgot about that, yeah. Oh, man, I was dying. <laughs> A swat? <laughs> when he, he gets in the duel with the guy... <laughs> He's like, fine, I'll duel you. What is it, pistols? He says, uh, swords. A uh, sweat? 
Sweat. It's like I accept. Great, Grant. Accept what? <laughs> awesome. All right, Scott, number two. Number two, uh, going back to Star Trek, and that's Picard. Um, so I like Deep Space Nine better, but uh, Picard, uh, I've I've seen every episode of uh, Next Generation whew, several times, mostly because uh, watching TV with my dad, he'd have it on constant, or he'd always have it on Channel 13 because that was like the only thing in syndication. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. it was just on all the time. So, yeah, Picard, uh, Patrick Stewart. Uh, now, more than anything else, the, the awesome memes, the, the <laughs> gifts that you can find <laughs> of him doing different stuff. Uh, my favorite, I, I, I don't know how to describe this exactly, but the, the one where he, like, puts his hands up to his face and gives, like, the impish grin, like he just farted. I don't know <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, Picard. If, if if people listening don't know what to, don't know who Picard is, then I don't know what to say. Yeah. What have you done with your life? Yeah. If you're listening to this podcast, you yeah. Know. What, what do you, what you do? do? Yeah. Yeah. You made some poor <laughs> life life choices. Yeah. Uh, um, maybe one of you guys should put a next generation movie on our list, like First Contact or something. Hmm. Nah. We should do one no. of the bad ones. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like Nexus? Nemesis, yeah. Yeah. Nemesis. With Tom Hardy. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number one, I don't normally do this, but I love him so much, is uh, Adama. He's my favorite captain of every, all these guys. So um, everything we've already said about him in this episode. So Adama, my number one sci-fi captain. Alex. Jean-Luc Picard. All right, because yeah, the next generation was my Star Wars. I mean, my uh, Star Trek, pretty much. I've seen a few of the uh, Kirk ones in syndication, but like when the next generation started, and I really got into it, yeah, that's the best. All right, Scott, number one. All right, uh, yeah, it's Han Solo. <laughs> I di- I didn't stop to think about the like he's actually commanding anything. But then you said it. I didn't want him on there anymore. But too late. He's on there. He does lead a raid. He does. He barely, like, mm-hmm. somehow succeeds despite himself. But. <laughs> well, that's kind of like Malcolm Reynolds, too, in a way, right? I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our list. Uh, any other honorable mentions? I don't have any. That was pretty good. I had Picard because um, I had to pick one of the two. Yeah, so Morpheus, I, I went Kirk, Kirk but... Janeway, the other Commander Shepard. Yeah. Oh God, oh, yeah. damn it. Okay, I can I? You guys are definitely. Okay, gonna I'm going to replace uh, Han Solo with Shepard. There. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um... I'm Commander Shepard, and I endorse this tour. <laughs> it's time for Alex knows sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball. Um, so football, people keep getting injured, right? Yeah. That's a thing, yeah. 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 Uh, esports is starting to get, uh, bigger. Mm-hmm. Companies are starting to figure out that, oh, shit, this thing is making money. And, uh, it's pretty much the same, you know, billionaires that sink money into basketball or football or baseball and stuff that are bringing up these 
sponsoring these teams and making these stadiums. So uh, there it is. It's here. It's here to stay. Right. I wonder if Are you guys gone, Denny. No. Uh, the well, well, locally, um, there's a place in Santa Ana that does. Uh, oh yeah, they got a little esports arena. Yeah, yeah. They, I think they do fighting games a lot. So like Street Fighter. Um, but uh, no, I I haven't uh, watched this stuff live. I did um, uh, for. I've actually, for work, I have been uh, to this thing called EVO, the Evolution Fighting Championships, uh, mm-hmm. the, where the biggest one is in Las Vegas. And yeah, it's this whole big tournament. Uh, and People show up just to, to watch. People can register and and uh, participate, but for the most part, people are there just watching. And it's actually, once, if you're there, it's actually pretty fun. Unless you don't just... They have nothing, no interest in video games at all. Because it gets tense once you get like the final people up on like uh, on stage and you see them playing on the big screen, and uh, you know it's it's basically like you're watching for a knockout, basically. Um, at least for like fighting games. Day. Yeah, like Kumite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, before we get the DM news, I forgot we did have a little bit of feedback on Facebook. Uh, as, as far as um, Battlestar goes. Daniel said he loved the series. He watched the original as a kid, so he loved all the homages. Um, if he remembers correctly, he also loved the no sound in space thing, which we talked about. It's not exactly no space, but they definitely portray that. And um, he, but he also admits toward the end of the series it got a little muddled. Uh, he'd give it five out of seven. And then Garth for his captains, he has Picard, Shepard, Star Lord, which nobody mentioned. Uh, um, yeah. uh, I don't David. Mention. David from Flight of the Navigator. Oh, and Lo- <laughs> oh nice. And Lone Star. So, Lone oh, Star. Son of a bitch. Lone damn Star. It. Oh, I know. Damn it. That's a toss up between him and Zappa Anakin, though, for me. <laughs> so thanks for the feedback, guys. Shit. And now it's time for Niam News. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. Uh, first bit of news is that I should have had Shepard on my list. But uh, uh-huh. moving along from that. Uh, the since, since last time we recorded, the Captain Marvel trailer has dropped. Oh hell yeah! Uh, so I'm assuming you both have seen this now. Why, uh-huh. why didn't she smile more? She should smile. More. Yeah. God, it's so stupid. People are the worst. <laughs> I know. I almost wish they that are. like they would just like someone would be like, okay, that's it. We're not making any more movies. Just to, oh, go, just to oh, spite those assholes, but uh, yeah. no, I just wish Twitter and Facebook would have an algorithm detect idiots and just kill them when they type <laughs> their keyboards. Just, <laughs> yeah, just somehow their keyboards would explode or their phones would explode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're done. Your time here is done. <laughs> Out of here. Yeah. Uh, but that aside, uh, I thought it was cool. Like the. Uh, <laughs> The whole blockbuster thing where she lands in the... Was it the action section or the sci-fi section? Yeah. Uh, it's a good way to set the the time period. Uh, mm-hmm. I do love that she punches an old lady in the face. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, my most, <laughs> it's my most ardent wish that she, it's actually just an old woman and not a scroll. <laughs> I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll uh, like, uh, like Hot Fuzz when he drop, drop kicks the old, the old woman. Uh, not that I have any desire to see an old woman punched in the face, but the 
the idea that they but would do that. But you have a desire that. to see an old woman get punched in the face. Well, no, well, now that it's happened, you know, <laughs> I'm hoping that's what it actually is. Uh, but uh, in, in, certain, uh, in the context here is what I'm saying. Uh, mm-hmm. So the the trailer, um, yeah, it seems like they're they're going, and I think I've read somewhere that they're they're on record as saying like where Kevin Feige is on record as saying that this isn't going to be an origin story. Um, you know, the trailer they they've gone light on her on her backstory, um, other than just showing her as a kid and training and stuff, just basically showing that like hey, she's always kind of had the the same kind of. Uh, Determination, I guess. Um, attitude. Uh, yeah, they don't, they don't show anything of her, like, how she gets any of her powers or anything like that. Mm. Um, so, I'm, I'm curious how much, so, even if it's not an origin story, they're gonna have to show something about that. So, I'm, I'm wondering, um, also didn't really sp- flashback sequences or something. Yeah, like, yeah. She starts remembering things or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's, I guess that's a cool conceit, a way around of like, why the fuck wasn't she around to help out the Avengers and things like that? And it's gonna be like, well, she didn't know she was supposed to. Uh, <laughs> um, it's kind of hard to tell in the trailer, like who the villains are supposed to be. I mean, we know it's supposed scrolls. to be, we know it's supposed to be the scrolls, but mm-hmm. you know that it wasn't really laid out, which is fine. Um, you know, I'm, I think we're all tired of trailers showing like the big moments. Uh, yeah, I. You know, I'm excited for this just on the base Marvel level. <laughs> yeah. That, that everything they, they, the, the floor for all their movies is at least, you know, pretty entertaining. Um, and this will hopefully set up, uh, Infinity War Part 2 or whatever they're going to call it. Uh, which is coming, like, just basically a month after this comes out in next March. Uh, so. Yeah, I- I will say the trailer really didn't do anything for me. I'm, I want to see the movie, but there was nothing in this that maybe wanted to see it more or less. It's like okay, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of got that. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't like super hyped. Uh, you know, there was no there was no uh, alarms either going off for me, which is yeah, which is good. Like you mentioned, we're going to see it because it's a Marvel movie. You could have showed us almost anything there; it would have would have been the same. Yeah, that that is true. I guess. Uh, so yeah, that's coming. Uh, a, a review on something that I saw on Netflix, non-Marvel related, for once. Uh, <laughs> so there's this show on Netflix called American Vandal. Um, I've been telling everybody who listened to, to go watch this thing. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if people at listening in are familiar with uh, the shows about... I, I, they're almost always about murders, but about uh, people working backward from some kind of criminal investigation on their own, uh, like a, like like the Serial Podcast or How to Make a Murder, How Murders Made. I forget what one's called. Or I heard I heard about one today called Staircase. Uh, but basically, these shows where is that the Dredderick Tatum? Story? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, if I could. Re- if I could go back to my mother's stair pushing incident, I would definitely reconsider it. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they, they take some kind of um, incident, usually somebody who's convicted of something, and they work backward, look at all the, the evidence and everything that's laid out, or at least whatever they can get their hand on, and people will make shows out of you know their, their own investigations. Um, and they're all super serious, but they're all shot in the same way. 
uh, to this, they're all shot for, for dramatic effect. And uh, so there's this show, on, again, on Netflix, where the, the premise is, instead of a murder or some other crime, the, the whole thing starts because um, somebody uh, goes into a faculty parking lot at a local high school and spray paints dicks on everybody's car that's in the parking lot. <laughs> so 27 dicks on 27 cars. And then the whole thing is that everybody assumes that it's this one kid because the, the, that he, cause he does stuff like this and the kid's an idiot. And the, the show goes from there and, and it's documentary style. Um, and it's great. Uh, the way they break everything down, like, could he have actually drawn 27 dicks in 30 minutes? And then like, they'll go through and like spray paint on cardboard and stuff. And, uh, in a row? Yes. They don't show the whole thing, but, um, they, they, they show like the, like at one point they point out that the dicks on the cars are different than the dicks this other kid always draws on the whiteboard. Cause, cause <laughs> the, the, the kid will always like put ball hairs on his. But <laughs> whoever did the dicks on the cars didn't do that, and like <laughs> it mm-hmm. keeps it, it devolves into like all this like uh, all these different pieces of evidence, clues, and uh, it's it's pretty hysterical. Uh, and then nice. uh, one one little bit of news to to finish out my section here. Uh, so keeping it on Netflix and going back to Marvel. Uh, Daredevil season three, uh, next month. Um, by the time this airs, it might be in October. We'll have to see. Uh, but basically, yeah, the middle of October, I believe it was October 18th. Uh, mm. I'll have to double check that. But, uh, right. I'm, I'm way behind 15th. on my Marvel, uh, Netflix shows. I, know, I, ha- I haven't finished. Daredevil two yet, or um, Luke Cage two, or anything two. Well, <laughs> I would, I would, watch. <laughs> I would at least recommend uh, Daredevil season two before watching Daredevil season three. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> and and there is some important stuff in Defenders if you can get through that. Uh, which Defenders was not very maybe. Good, I'll but, just read the wiki. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'm looking forward to that because uh, I think, I think. Almost everybody I, I know that's watched these things agrees that that uh, Daredevil is the best of the four. I for me it is. I yeah. agree. Yeah, I don't I don't know anybody that says that they. I don't maybe some people like the Punisher. I don't know uh, more. But oh uh, shit! Yeah, I haven't seen that either. Yeah, <laughs> damn it, Punisher. Okay, maybe. you you are really behind. I'm only I a know. couple behind. <laughs> so yep that that's it for me. Daredevil next month. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex, do you have anything you wanted to talk about? Yeah, just a real quick review. We could agree that Steven Soderbergh knows how to make a heist movie, right? Yes. Yeah. Logan Lucky. Go watch it. Yep, I've seen it. It's good. Uh, it's a really good movie. Uh, there, it doesn't reinvent the wheel. You kind of it's it's a bit of a predictable story, but the characters are just so well written and so lively in this like southern like hillbilly heist as they call it in the movie it's it's fantastic yeah, it's, it's a great ride yeah, so it's not as it's not nearly as slick as like the oceans movies that Soderbergh did uh, yeah. but it's still it's still fun and it has an amazing game of thrones joke <laughs> that was freaking awesome but i feel like was written just for like for people for basically written for anybody that's been following game of thrones and reading the books and stuff but uh yeah uh, that was hysterical <laughs> um so yeah, I, I agree with Alex. Um, if you mm-hmm. like Soderbergh, if you like Heist, 
It's on Amazon Prime right now. If you guys have it, go watch it. Logan Lucky. It's great. You won't you won't be disappointed. Daniel Craig plays against type in this one. <laughs> He's pretty hilarious. Oh, just from seeing this movie, I want Daniel Craig to be like the new Ernest. If they ever reboot the Ernest movies. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Hey, Vern. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was so awesome. All right. Uh, for me, I I got the latest expansion for Destiny 2. I haven't played it that much. It's more of the same. Um, we'll, I'll give you more feedback as I keep playing it. And uh, there's news, I guess, out of Disney that uh, Iger like, blames himself for Solo being bad. I, I, I don't know what he was basically saying. But uh, they're going to start... They're not going to do the Marvel thing. They're going to go back. They're slowing down the Star Wars push, so there'll be less Star Wars coming out. Whatever that means. F- I mean, that's that's fucking stupid. Because yeah, so, not not that I don't think that's a bad way to go about it, but they've already released five fucking movies. Right, but like, okay, his push. He wanted to get the two to a year, and that's why he forced Han Solo to come out in spring as opposed to doing the once every Christmas thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he's saying, okay, that, that was my bad. So we're gonna do this. You know, episode nine comes out next Christmas, and we still have these other things like the the DB Weiss Game of Thrones things that's still out there somewhere. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know what that means. I guess. Yeah. But he did, I guess, take the blame for that. So, uh, whatever that means. Um. So yeah, which I think is a good thing. Like I think they're gonna do their TV show. Their streaming service is definitely gonna have some Star Wars. So you do that. Give me that and make it good and one Star Wars movie a year, and I'm happy. Yeah. Um, you know, unless you get your act together and make story. I mean, Marvel can do three a year plus three Netflix shows a year. Like you can too, <laughs> but they also have a back catalog of you know sixty, seventy years yeah, <laughs> of stuff to draw from. So Star Wars doesn't necessarily have that. They had a lot, but they got rid of all that shit. I guess they can. They got rid of the books as canon, but you can steal from it. Like I still think you could do a Thrawn trilogy somehow. Adapt it with. Uh, your new characters and stuff, but mm-hmm. whatever. I think slowing down is right. Just just make sure you got a good person on the story group, and and, and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. All right, that's all I got. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We at Hans Shop First like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast. So say we all. 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 all.